You're listening to The Extra Podcast, a podcast produced by Northview Community Church. Each episode, we discuss a current event, a theological or cultural topic, and answer a listener's question. We take our faith seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. So we invite you to laugh with us or at us. We hope you enjoy this episode as we talk about Halloween, Kanye West, and Romans 13, 1-7. If you want to learn more about Northview, go to northview.org. And if you have a question you want us to answer in an upcoming episode, email extra at northview.org. All right, welcome to the Extra Podcast. This is Adam, and I'm here with uh, Jeff Bucknam. Hello, Adam. Hello. Ezra Cody. Hey, Adam. How are you? I'm good. Luke Friesen. Hey. And Stephanie. Do I say your last name? What is it? Ward Lang? Ward Warren Lang. Cool. She's been robbed of a microphone this week. All right. So today, for our listeners... You're not going to give comment to that? What was the comment? The fact that she, uh, her microphone has been robbed of her. Oh. Well, Luke might leave. Okay. We'll see what he does. We'll see what happens. No pressure, Luke. But, it just uh, depends how you guys do. Today, guys, is Halloween. Oh, yeah. No? Yeah. Is it- yes. Well, we're not recording on Halloween, but oh. yes, the day that this is actually showing up this is showing will be Halloween. Halloween. Yes, You know what? I, I don't remember past Halloween episodes. We don't have to talk about it. I don't know if, you know, as pastors, you guys want to go there. We've actually talk ha- about talked about it in the past, yes. Yeah, uh, I'm curious if anyone here has an embarrassing Halloween story about yep. a, a costume you wish you nope. didn't wear. Nope, I got an embarrassing Halloween story right. about my sister and and the dog. Do you want to share that what? with us? Well, my sister took dressed the dog up, which can I just as a general rule is a bad idea because uh, unless you just cover the top half of the dog, you don't want to cover the bottom half of the dog. But she put shorts on the dog and a and like a t-shirt on the dog. No. Hope she used and a diaper. And unfortunately halfway through the the walk at, she was taking the dog around in his little costume. The dog decided that he had to do what mm. dogs do when they go near grass and stuff. And so he just made a mess and she had to go all the way back home. And the whole time I was laughing my head off and she was so mad at me because I was laughing about the dog <laughs> doing what he did in the in the in the, what dogs do. And I just was like, this is just so funny. And she said, oh, our holiday, uh, Halloween's ruined. I hate it. Our Halloween's ruined. It's like, well, it serves you right for for that. Sorry, I just got texted. I'm, it's actually my sister. Turn, turn my sister's it. texting me right now. This <laughs> is not a live she's show. Not, she's not. She's Hope not. you're not talking about me. Uh, is anyone here, uh, was anyone here a big dresser-upper as a kid? You know, I saw the best one today. I saw a viral video that's going around. Um of a dad who got, um, his wife said, you're on costume duty this year. Mm. So big, long video of him taking one of those uh, children's cars with the battery, like they drive little tiny cars, yeah. battery-powered cars, and he cover it, covered it with uh, fur and made it look like an exact replica of the Dumb and, Dubber, dumb and Dumber Oh, the uh, sheep car or the, the sheep? Yeah, the, the dog car. dog washing car. And he dressed his three and four year old kids as Harry and Lloyd in the orange and blue tuxedos. Oh, that's awesome! And they drove around and recreated a bunch of scenes with a bunch of props, and it mm. was hilarious. Wait, so have you guys like dressed up your kids like that? Not to that extent. No, oh. we wow. are full on by the Costco, mm. okay. which. It's sad for me. What is your little girl? You have a little girl. Her name is Juniper. And how, what's she going to be wearing? Ah, uh, she is Halloween? in the 
frozen mm. stage Ooh, of her she life. Gonna Elsa She's or Anna? one of them. I don't know. All right. Anna, maybe. And uh, your next, your oldest, your boy, Theo, is five? Uh, Six. Almost seven already. Oh, wow. wow. He so, is doing the Ninjago thing. He looks like a, a giant boxy Lego mm. man walking okay. around. Got yeah. it. Yeah. And the littlest one? The one you forget about all the Oof. time. I think Bonnie just picked up some dog costume. Nice. That doesn't even fit him. Nice. The hood will not go on. <laughs> Good. And you guys take your kids out uh, around I don't know. your Actually, street, what we're or... going to do, I think, is the high street thing. Oh, yeah. Mm. Safer. And uh, a little bit safer. And then who knows? We might end up back in our street with our neighbors. Or we go to Augustine like everybody else in Abbotsford. Ooh, if they got those close. big full-size chocolate bars, well, we're going to go. The houses are all close together, and so yeah. lots, you get, yeah. you know, yeah. it's a volume. It, yeah. It's a volume business for those kids. Yeah. There needs to be an app that, like, highlights the, <laughs> the houses with the full chocolate bars or the full cans of pop. Or, yeah. or the ones that leave just a bucket of candy out. Yeah. Please <laughs> be, take one. Be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ezra, you didn't have this. I'm assuming that uh, Halloween was not a thing in Kenya. This is the most bizarre, <laughs> bizarre <laughs> holiday yeah. celebration yeah. to an African. Like, mm. absolutely bizarre. When I was in New Zealand, they did, they a few kids did it, but most people didn't have anything. So when they'd come to your door, they'd always come to our door because they knew we were Americans, and we, we'd mm-hmm. buy candy, and we'd give it to them. But when they'd come, they'd open their bag up or whatever, and inside were like scented candles and like <laughs> like a toothbrush or some like leftover something that somebody had in their house. Like here's a half-eaten bag of chips. That's awesome. <laughs> and they'd come to our house and say trick or treat. It was like, hey, how's it going? You know? And then all of a sudden, we'd get this flood of kids because they'd skip by everybody else and say, these guys actually know what they're doing. Yeah. You know what is interesting is. Uh, you know, the scarier the house, the more fun it would be for the kids and all that stuff, right, a lot, uh, around Halloween. Mm. But in Africa, for an African coming here to see all that, that's basically what a witch doctor's house looks like. Really? Like yeah. in, real, in real life? With, like, yeah, yeah, like all these weird uh, skeleton heads and these weird thing, snakes and mm. whatever, spiders. Yeah. So for an African to come and see this, that people are celebrating and you're sending your little kids to that person's house. Like, what in the world are you doing? Do your kids go to houses or are you not a non-Halloween celebrator? Uh, Actually, my wife's uh, sister and her husband, they don't have kids, but um, they usually put up a huge Halloween thing for my kids. Mm. And my kids come home with almost like a grocery bag full of candy each Mm. Each and it lasts so oh it, it lasts la- until the next oh my year God. yes yeah. like it's so much candy so for for them they get the the feel of candy but they don't go knocking on doors yeah I've like never that, been a so. huge fan of the uh, never been a huge fan of the the, the family on the street that that doesn't uh, that that participates in the Halloween but tries to redeem it with the with the floss <laughs> you ever done yeah. like yeah with like dental floss. Here, what? kids, have some dental floss because it'll never. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Really? Always, yeah, and there was always some lady who made a cook make cookies, and of course, I was from the states. Everyone was like, "Okay, there's probably a razor blade in that cookie." Uh, we I've, I've gotten the it. tract before. Oh, that's good. But it, it's only it received you? well if it comes with like full size candy a bar. Really <laughs> good. A really good. Yeah. Candy. If you're gonna do the tract, you need a full size no. candy bar. Yeah. You got to be attached to that. I got a cassette tape one time. <laughs> and of it was what? the it was the Paul Henderson was, story. 
the famous hockey player that and they scored, were giving out cassette tapes yeah about his <laughs> game-winning goal and how jesus got the glory or something like jesus that. got that's the game-winning good. goal yeah that's wow. great anyway guys let's uh wrap up this little halloween talk here uh before we should we make move it clear on, that if you choose to this is a christian liberty yes. thing. that if you choose to participate in halloween or not participate it's all good it's all good hmm. yeah right and i'm sure if you dug through the archives By participate we don't mean into the in, into the gross uh worship of death side of it. Mm. We mean yeah. the cultural phenomenon of little kids coming to your door and wanting you to give them candy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you dug into the extra archives, you could find a more robust conversation about whether or not Christians should do Halloween, but that's not what we're getting into today. But before we get into our next segment, uh, I want to talk about an upcoming event as we are going to plug a few of those from time to time. And I'm wondering, Jeff, Ezra, if you could let us know why anyone in our church would want to come to the upcoming AGM on November 26th at 7 p.m. Why wouldn't you? And why is it just me and Ezra? Luke's the one who, when he comes to AGM, his heart leaves, he leaves and his heart is full. I love the Well, AGM. Luke, why, from what your in the perspective, world? I do too. I've Luke, what does several. AGM stand for? Annual General Meeting. Yeah, well, I was kind of 60% sure he was going to get <laughs> that. Oh, man. No, I feel... Another great meeting. (laughs) (laughs) If you called it that, I think more people would come. Totally. (laughs) Another great meeting? That sounds like something I want to be part of. Well, we'll rebrand it as that. That's... Going forward. That's me. So, anyone, jump in. Why Why should someone from Northview come to the... Another great meeting? It's actually a cool end of the year uh, sort of thing. You get to get updates on how the ministries are going. You hear all sorts of reports from pastors, especially if you get the little booklet ahead of time. Um, Our AGMs are way better than a lot of AGMs I've ever been to, meaning that we we actually sing some songs, and a lot of the people who come are the really committed folk, and so they, they, they bellow the songs out. It's quite delightful. It's very encouraging. And uh, then after that, we have a little devotional, and then we talk about some nuts and bolts stuff, budget. I'm always surprised people will say, well, what is Northview doing as a church? And I'm always like, you know, if you came to the AGM, you'd know the answer to that question very easily. And yes, we should publicize that beyond there and try to in several ways, but the AGM is the best place for you to find out like what's, what's going on right now in the church, especially practically speaking. You know, about church planting and about, uh, you know, different staffing things and budgets and that kind of stuff. Some of it is admittedly a little bit dry, but we keep the, we keep the budgetary dryness to, uh, to a, minimum. a minimum. We really do. And Bruce Belcher, our dear brother who's uh, on our elder board, is usually one who presents the budget stuff. And I'm just going to tell you, that is a, a great moment of unintentional comedy. <laughs> yep. And it is, it's delightful. That guy's So hilarious. you should just come. I love Bruce, and, and he's fantastic at it, And but it's just, it's great. From what I can remember, you also open it up to questions. Oh, yeah. So uh, also for those who are like, oh, should I come or should I stay home and watch Cake Boss or something? Mm. Are there ever times where a que- like it just gets heated in there or there's like, oof, I didn't see it going that way? Well, I mean, there are times, I guess, but not in ours. Ours, we never have that <laughs> no, kind of thing. Not in ours. 
I think I think um, there's a lot of trust that uh, congregation has given the elders. That does not mean that people don't get to ask them good questions. So uh, people would re- would have received an AGM packet about two to three weeks prior to the meeting. And so some people have read it. We encourage people. When you to say read. received it, you mean you have to pick it up. Yeah, you'd have it, to pick it up, like or at the you infos tables, and stuff or you can download it uh, from our website, northview.org. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's posted there about two to three weeks prior. Seven hundred pages long. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I mean, people would read it and they'd read the pastors' reports and committee chair reports and things like that, and our budgets and maybe projections regarding where we're going as a church, what our vision is, and so on. And so people come to ask some clarifying questions regarding the reports they would have read, or uh, let's say if it's Bruce talking about the financing, the finances, and this is what we're doing, and this is how we've used our money. Does anyone have any questions? So some people and come you get and to ask. vote on it. I mean, yeah. ultimately, you vote, we vote on the budget and we vote on the right. on important decisions Absolutely. and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Luke, you like it? I love it. There's cookies. There's cookies, All which right. is always a win. And not the normal church cookies. It's like baked cookies. Yeah, they're a little better mm-hmm. than the normal mm-hmm. church cookies. So once again, the AGM is coming up November 26th at 7 p.m. That will be at the Downs Road campus in the Worship Center. So come on out. Um, all right, moving on to our cultural moment segment, or whatever we call it. Big, big news that we've been sort of hinting at, talking about for the past couple weeks. Seems like everyone's talking about it, but it finally happened mm-hmm. on Friday. <laughs> That's right. Keep it going. Yep. Give me that music. Kanye West released his new album, Jesus is King. After months of hype and many, many delays. All right, I'm just going to keep talking here. I got something here. No, keep going. For the better part of the year, Kanye, for those who don't know, a little background for anyone listening who's like, who's Kanye? Or I've kind of heard of him, don't know what's going on. Uh, For the better part of this year, Kanye West has been performing Church on Sunday, a weekly concert in various locations around America, where he would essentially put on his version of church. Filled with choirs, artists, and preachers, these events have grown in popularity and have become somewhat of a cultural phenomenon. This album comes off the heels of several years of Kanye's massive ego growing to heights beyond even the most self-obsessed pop stars. Kanye has long proclaimed to be the greatest artist of all time and has even considered himself a god. This album is not the first time a popular artist has taken a turn towards the gospel. Bob Dylan famously yeah, I was did say, it. Bob Dylan, man. Bob Dylan did it in the 70s. MC Hammer did it. Mm. Brian Welch from the heavy metal band Korn did. But in recent memory, this seems to be the granddaddy of them all. Um, but young people of today look up to Kanye as a cultural icon, unlike many others. He is a trendsetter, he is a rule breaker, and many people are skeptical of his newfound faith while others are celebrating. Today we want to talk about Kanye West and invite a few guests to share their thoughts. So to start, let's just go around and give our first thoughts on the new album. Have we heard it? What do we think? Who you want to answer that first? Because I could talk for a while. Then Luke, what do you think? I really really enjoyed it. I've been a fan of hip-hop rap for a long time, and so... Recently, I've just been enjoying Christian artists, Tadashi, that kind of thing, Lecrae. Yes, Tadashi, yep. Yeah, Lecrae. those kind How of guys. KB. KB, yeah. Mm-hmm. KB came out with a banger called Lincoln mm-hmm. about a month ago. And so I've been enjoying them. And then just to hear Kanye come out as a Christian has been a just cool for me and an encouraging being like, mm-hmm. I mean, God saved me, which I think is a pretty miraculous work, but 
I mean, we view kind of Kanye as like that person who's like, oh, God, would, God wouldn't save that person. But I think it's just a reminder how big our God is. And so seeing this and then hearing the music and it's like, is it the most theological deep? No, but it talks about Jesus as king. So I'm pretty happy about it. I like Kanye's beats. So uh, overall, I love it. Big fan. All right. So I was driving down to Seattle yesterday and I listened to the album for the first time on my way down. Uh, I got through with the album and usually when I get through with an album, I'm like, oh, it was good or eh. And I thought, hmm, I'd like to hear that again. I really liked it. And then I listened to it again. The second time through, I thought, hmm, I really like this. Went through a third time. By the time I got where I was going, I was going at the, at the end of the third time. And I thought, all right, this, this dude, first of all, is, is brilliant in terms of his musical ability. And I can see why people have been so wild about him and why people have you know, praised him so much over the years. I also uh, think it's massively encouraging, as you said, Luke, to see uh, a new brother in Christ. I think we can get very cynical, and this is my mm. concern for Kanye, uh, or for we can get very cynical about hearing about somebody like Bob Dylan or whoever comes to faith in Christ. It is very difficult to be a Christian in the public square, especially when you're as famous as he is. And so I've been praying for him recently and i think people can get really cynical about ah he's just he's gonna fade or he's not gonna like you can even hear some of the lyrics in his out in the album actually kind of are the things he's been hearing (laughs) do you know from people you know this is just a flash in the pan type stuff and so my i've been thinking you know i i i pray for that i don't know what's wrong with us we should be rejoicing a great deal that uh you know we have a new brother in christ um, at least that seems to be the evidence of it. Uh, it there's all sorts of qu- cultural questions that will come into play, meaning, you know, how's he going to handle all of the big, hard questions that people ask? I think he seems like a dude who walks to the beat of his own drum. And so my belief is I kind of think that he probably is going to be cool with that. Uh, I hope, anyway, we remain faithful to the gospel. Some of his music is saying, you know, even if I go it alone, it, you know, so I, you hope that that's not just talk. Um, but ultimately, my wife came home in tears last night after listening to the album. I think it's because here's a guy who grew up in a middle-class African-American family. I think he has a Christian background. He does. And here's a guy who's come back to faith. And I think that warms the hearts of every mm. Christian mother and every Christian yeah. person that that you know God pursues. Even when it doesn't look like, even when you know your kid might look like he, he, things are falling apart. This is what happened to Augustine, by the way. Like he was for 10, 15 years of his life was just a complete mess and was brilliant. I mean, like talk, Augustine was one of the most brilliant philosophers in the history of the world, and he was far from God for a while. And his mom prayed him back in, and has become the most famous. I mean, after the Apostle Paul, has become the most probably most famous Christian thinker in history. So. It's cool to see in our day, so I'm really excited about it. I mean, I have <clears throat> I have multiple thoughts about uh, Kanye coming to faith. I mean, it's like like Jeff, you say. I mean, it's really great to have um, another person come to saving faith and uh, repentant and all that. And I think, uh, given the uh, the celebrity status that he has, uh, at the very least there'll be a lot of people who had never engaged the gospel who'll be like, what? Kanye is a Christian? Okay, what do Christians actually believe? 
And then it's possible that people will interact with the gospel in ways that they would never have mm-hmm. interacted with the gospel had they had Kanye never been so public with his conversion story. I also think um, with him putting out music and things like that, it's probably just an expression of his thanking God and using the gifts that God has given him. What I find very interesting is in in a, in the secular world so he will get all this like Jimmy Kimmel had him on on a show I think uh, where can you go to speak about his faith and his children loving to go to church and things like that um, what I find remarkable is the, the the big people in show business if you are a superstar artist like Kanye is and then you come to saving faith it almost seems like these guys give you a pass well, we'll it's, see if they will. I mean, I, I think, I think they, at least right for now, now they want to be excited I, I, about it. But if I, the I cultural wind turns, then I, it will. They'll be happily throw him out. Yeah, because, but but that, again, but but Kanye is someone who, in his in his um, past, is never shy of controversy. Like he look at you in the face. I mean, he's the same guy. Oh, he's few, super honest. A few years ago, uh, no, a few months ago, he said, "Quote." Um, why did why couldn't this this black people walk away? Like how could you be slaves for three hundred years? You're just there. Why don't you just get up and leave? Is what he said. And a lot of African American commentators and talk show uh, anchors were really really yeah, upset. But he he says things like this. So I think even even as he stands, let's say for for Christian virtues and Christian principles. Uh, he'll be up front and he will not well, mind I, you hope the, his stridents you know his the album is if you if you listen to it Apple Music Spotify or whatever your music Amazon Music I don't even know what else people use these days but I if you listen to it it is it is actually an act of worship on his part and the second thing I really love about it is how honest he is with his with his lyrics and so Luke you said it's not theologically deep and I, I'm like yeah I agree with you it's somebody who's kind of new, newish to the faith and yet, at the same time, there's a lot of allusion to biblical imagery and stuff like that, and I think it's quite clever. But what I love about it is it's honest. And so much Christian art is not honest. Mm-hmm. Do you know about the difficulties of Christianity, about some of the challenges that exist, about being maybe a new Christian or being somebody who's come from the cultural... Like, so I really appreciate the dude. He's worshiping God through this album, and yet at the same time, it's deeply honest. It feels very psalmic, if you know what I mean, by like... like when I listen to it, I was like, dude, it's like the it is like the Psalms. Yeah. Like totally honest yeah. about the his plight, his difficulty, how he feels about, you know, what Christians have said in response to do you know? Yeah, Which the is judgment good. the judgment he's received and all yeah. that stuff. I mean, as a poet, uh, he is great. Yeah. And then as a rapper, uh, I listen to some rap music and I follow a lot of Christian rap artists and things like that. And so I listen to for the techniques that he's using in his rapping. Uh, he is he is good. Kanye is great. Now, regarding this album in particular, um, I would say I I I hope he create he comes up with another because I think this one, in my opinion, though, in my opinion, I don't think it is fully finished. I think just my opinion is my opinion as as, right. as a consumer of this of music. But again, as a poet, he is absolutely gifted, no question. So check out the album, give it a listen. Uh, don't be afraid to listen to Kanye. One word of Why advice. Why would somebody be afraid? No, no, no. Of it? Well, um, hey, I'm just saying there are people out there. This is one thing you got to be aware of. You put it on Spotify. Make sure you 
have the setting that repeats the album because it'll just autoplay <laughs> his next tune, which is might not, scare you. I was listening to it with my kids, and then the album ended, and then the next song came out. Oh, oh, gotta turn that off. <laughs> Yeah. This is true. And, uh, I did the same thing yesterday. <laughs> with my kids, too. There yeah. aren't too many other Kanye songs that you want to listen to with your kids. By the way, just one more thing, one more thing. I'm, we're not moving on. I got oh, more oh, questions. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Okay. Carry on. Um, I brought Luke in specifically. I want to hear just his thoughts about how an album like this from an artist like Kanye, what the ripple effect will be on teenagers. And the fact that they are... I mean, I was a youth leader for several years, too. Mm -hmm. And parents, if you're listening to this and you don't think your kids are listening to the non-Christian Kanye records, Mm. there's a very good chance that they are. Yeah. And I was one of those kids that hid the fact that I had Tupac CDs Mm. hidden where my mom couldn't find them. And that was what I was listening to. It was, for me, it was uh, Public Enemy. Yeah. Just so you know, a little... A little more dated, but yeah. Tupac was even a bit before my time, but you know, I have no idea who Public Enemy is. Oh my goodness, oh what is wrong with you? Word. All right, before we. Okay, you're not a consumer of, of, of music. That's it. Oh, that's. I'll, I'll, get we're out. Done. <laughs> we're done. All right, I'm so 26. Luke, six. What What are your thoughts? How is this album gonna be received from teenagers? What are you hearing? What do you What do you like? Not like about what this is gonna do for your, for the youth? I think I think it, it, Ezra did say it like. Kanye has put out an, a gospel album, and so many people who would have never heard the name of Jesus have now heard. Because I think we live in a much a society where nobody knows who Jesus is. Like, they might have heard a name. They hear people say, take Jesus' name in vain and stuff like that. And, and that's who they know Jesus as. Maybe he was some Christian deity or whatever, but they don't know. And so Kanye coming out saying he believes in Jesus is huge for just the normal kid. Uh, and so I'm like just super excited about where this can go for the youth who listen to Kanye and other secular artists because he also um, he also had another artist on there I forget whose name was but he's also quite big Fred um, Hammond no Ty Dolla Ty Dolla Sign who okay. is yeah, yeah. not a vocal Christian oh no but still like had, that had another because he's on his rap label um, and so I think this is really big for just the normal Christian that there's other good secular kind of Christian music. The only danger I think is, I think, I think that the danger with any Christian celebrity is that we can say, yes, follow that person. And we can give freedom for those kids to be like, my role model is Kanye now mm. where I don't think any celebrity should be a Christ, a normal Christian's role model. Like your parents, your pastors, other men or godly men or women in your lives, never a a celebrity because their life is so not like yours and you will never have that kind of life. So why follow? So I think that's the only danger is that you get to follow Kanye with everything that he does because he's so influential in all realms, clothing, songs, style, how he talks, like everything he does, people follow Kanye. And so I think the only danger is is that his life is going to be drastically different. His Christian walk is drastically different than the normal Christian because of how popular he is. Can you he imagine how difficult it would be to be a Christian in that setting, though? To have the world's mm, to be eyes, Kanye. To, well, to have the world's eyes on you, and any little mistake you make, you know, right. seriously, at this point, if he's out in public with his kids and he says something, you know, in the in a tone that is not quite what he wants, 
than which every parent has done at some point when they're in public. You right. know, they've been misunderstood or whatever it is. For Kanye, that's a huge deal. Oh, you call yourself a Christian, or you know what I mean? Anytime he has a disagreement with someone or one of his neighbors or something like that, it's not that's not just a thing between the two of them. Right. Now this is a Twitter storm, and I, I just it I I pray I pray for him, you know, and you pray that that kind of pressure. Because there's and there's also yeah, you know, but people call themselves Christians also who are who are going to be so judgmental on him for everything and wanting him to repudiate this that or the other thing and you, you, we all know the divides that exist in the Christian church and what people expect. But but so I'll I just say, pray for the guy. Yeah, yeah. but I'll say uh, two two quick responses. I think uh, the assumption Jeff you'd be making here is that. Now that Kanye has come out and said he's a Christian, that there will be some sort of a meekness in his demeanor and interaction with people. So a lot of people know that Kanye is very vocal, and he is not shy of calling you whatever. No, I think that there's going to be a massive amount of judgmentalism that follows his everything. Yeah, but but because it's going to be you're you're not you're not a genuine you're not genuine because you failed in this one place and in a world of social media, every little issue. I mean, the dude's followed by paparazzi everywhere. Yeah, but, He's married my, to Kardashian. Yeah, yeah for but my sake. point, my point here, my point. Why is she here wearing is this? this? Why but, is she wearing that? I just can't. Yeah, I, but it's so po- hard to be a Christian. But my my point to you here is again, Kanye is used to making statements on other issues that are offside where he gets pushed back there. So this will not be a new realm for him if people come and say, oh, you know, you're so offside because as a Christian, you're behaving in a way that you shouldn't behave. So that's why I'm saying, I think for for someone like Kanye, I don't see that as being a sticking point as if another celebrity became a Christian and then they turn back. I've seen many who've become Christians and have stepped away from the limelight, like Montel Jordan. Mm. Uh, What I think could be really interesting, and... Do you know who that is, Luke? I do. Montel Jordan? This is how we do it. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. Uh, I think what could be really interesting, there's lots of things, but I think the biggest challenge for perhaps more conservative-leaning Christians is how we deal with, like you say, the microscope of... I think Kanye will deal fine with his slip-ups and mm. not being perfect. And he That's, there was a glimpse of that on Kimmel. When I'm not concerned he, with Con- about right. Kanye. I'm concerned with the difficulty of the judgmentalism that I know exists in the Christian church, mm-hmm. when, especially mm. it, when it comes to the kind of expectation, or more importantly, the expectation of the wider culture has that when Christians claim to be Christians, they have to be perfect in every way. And right. I just think that's a that is a very difficult crucible for discipleship. I think it's an interesting platform he has, and and again, I think as Christians we should be praying for him, who's mm-hmm. under the spotlight, that he would navigate this well and honor God throughout the process. But I think the biggest challenge is going to be for Christians to watch him hmm. slowly progress into a new person in Christ. And and the temptation will be to judge him for all the things that he does that, wow, that doesn't look like a Christian. I think the heaviest critique, uh, criticism will come from the church than from the world, I think. Which he says in the album. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. one of the lyrics in the album. When you say is, the church, already... though, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm increasingly less comfortable with using that as a, as a, you know, a singular corporate thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
like when we say the church, we'll say that. I, no, I think some some so-called Christians will end up attacking him for some things. You know, we do. I and, again, there is there is. Hold on, there's a there's a sense though that I, you know, if you've been around the Christian church for long enough, like I have with or different churches, um, I know so many uh, people who have adopted some some local football player comes to faith in Jesus or says that he kind of believes something. I don't know how many times I've had them be adopted and thrown in front of a congregation of people and you know publicized and then 2 3 weeks later or a year later they're they're not walking with God or they're doing crazy things. So this is my fear. T- I on one hand, I just don't want Kanye to become, I think this is what Luke's saying, Kanye to become like the example of everything that's Christian, and we should put him on all of our, you know, postage stamps now. Look, this guy's on our team. Let's just be, you know, kind of not leave him be, but pray for him, and he, he needs to be able to develop, right, as a Christian and grow and be discipled. And like He became a Christian this year. Right, and then and then on the other, on the other hand, though, I, I don't, I, I want to celebrate with it publicly too and think it's awesome that it, that this is and do point to him and say see God can do any God can God can reach anybody. Yeah, I mean if you think about it it's a, it's a lot like apostle Paul. Yeah. Like someone who like Kanye saying he is God or a God or whatever he was saying to being saying there's one God and his name is Yahweh like that transformation that's huge. And look at and I mean you look at you look at the biblical of Paul who was killing Christians and then he turns and spends the next what two, three years learning about God and then going out and mm. like he, it took time and that and that's someone who's great Christian faith is Paul the Apostle. I mean, I think we just need to give Kanye lots of breaks like any Christian, like if any of us immediately became a star and famous, I would not want anyone looking at... What do you mean if? If I'm a star? No, I mean I... Kind of <laughs> you think I'm a star? No, I... I mean I won't go... It's, it's fine. <laughs> what? Carry on. Just, just I mean, I just, I, you. you know, just I'm, play with you. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> just play with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it, Jeff. You're funny. I've never, yeah. I just never, I just didn't know you're funny. So, <laughs> yeah, he's, good. he's a little funny. Wow. Uh, I think, um, uh, what were we talking about? Kanye. <laughs> Do any last thoughts on Kanye before we Kanye move on? Kanye a star. Yes. So, uh, what I wanted to say to you earlier was he is doing a, a tour. Uh, with this new album, Jesus King, and then uh, he is saying that in on his concerts, when he's going to be singing some of the songs that he sang in the album, he's also going to be singing some of his older songs, though he's working hard to remove all the swearing and the cursing from those songs. Where, like, So if, if one of his old songs that was popular had a mm. lot of swears, then he's not going to sing it if he cannot, uh, like... PG rated. Well, Jeff in, just showed a clip in, of in, in, uh, in the thing. So air, airport, air, airplane karaoke. Yeah, James Corden. He yeah. sung "Jesus Walks." Airpool karaoke. Yeah, airpool. Yeah, because they were on a plane. A so it's like carpool, but an airpool. Oh, I got it. Do you know what that is? Airpool pool? karaoke. Do you know it'd be helpful, Luke, if you were a little more connected <laughs> with the culture? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I should watch more YouTube. You should watch more Public Enemy. Don't worry, he won't be back <laughs> no. next time. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Flavor Flav. No. Is do, do not watch Public is Enemy. Is Public no. Enemy Flavor Flav? No. How can you say that they are the same? <laughs> no. Flavor Flav was part of Public Enemy, but Chuck yes. D. Oh, if Flavor Flav is involved, singer. I don't want to listen. Yeah, and you know what? It was all about uh, 
like it was not Farrakhan and, just and leave it alone. black Muslims. And yeah, just oh. leave it alone. Just leave it All alone. All right, moving on, moving <laughs> on. Leave it alone. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to our next section, uh, talking about the sermon from last week. But before we do that, I have one more, or let's just sneak both of them in there. Two more announcements of upcoming events that aren't normal events for Northview. One is very interesting. Fraud protection for seniors. That's Whoa. coming up. Yeah. Apparently, it's for everybody. It's a little misleading by the name. We're trying to work on that. But essentially, uh, if if there's going to be fraud online, stats say it's probably going to be seniors that are... Uh, Victim. Victims. So it's for anyone to help the sort of the seniors in their lives avoid this and to train them and and... That's happening on November 6th at 1 to 3 p.m. More info on the website. And we also have Financial Basics 102. Uh, Last week, Financial Basics 101 happened. And this time, Financial Basics 102, the topic is savings. It's a free event, November 19th at 7 p.m. at the Downs Road campus. So, moving on. Romans. you, You ever take any of the Financial Basics stuff? Not here. Have you taken it ever? Uh, where? Here? I don't... I've done some general stuff. <laughs> okay, so like not, you've not actually taken the, any classes or anything. Do you know what a budget is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we we use one. Do you? Yeah. Do you really? Like in your family, you yeah. use a budget? Do yeah, you guys, yeah. like, you, are you the... Are you the uh, the bookkeeper for that? Or? Uh, I'm going to be honest. My wife, who's the very much... The more detail-oriented person is the one that gives me the detailed updates and just generally so tells she's me, the money. all right, we're on no spend for the rest of the month. Is she, so she's the money one. Because most most couples have a money mm-hmm. person and a non-money mm-hmm. person. You are the non-money guy. I've generally been the... Spender. Some, no. She's the saver and you're the spender. I'm somewhat just generally frugal. Just mm. numbers are good. I'm frugal. Numbers are bad. I'm going to be frugal. But mm. for her, it's... No, I'm spending because I know we got the money. Okay. Or it's, all right, we're cutting it off. No more spending. Ezra, which one are you? I'm Spender, the money guy. You're the money guy? Mm-hmm. And the frugal one? Uh, I mean, I would spend where spending is needed, for yeah, sure. You answered but, the question. Well, that's you're hard. wearing the hot new Yeezus shoes. <laughs> only seven, eight hundred dollars Hey, no. uh, <laughs> and Luke, are you the... You, no Yeezus. You or Danae. Have you figured this out yet? You guys three months into it? Can I Four just... Four months piece of advice to you yeah. almost every bit of marriage counseling i've done has been around a few subjects and one of the biggest subjects has been finances mm. i've had more yeah. people who've yelling at each other over money than most other subjects yeah not that that's the case with like, you and danae i'm just no, saying in the first yeah. couple of years of marriage this tends to be a challenge and so uh are you the money guy or she i the money? am the money guy danae doesn't really care so okay there it is kind of like you can handle the money we're working for a church we're gonna be poor right all right exactly. you can handle it <laughs> So the end of, I don't want to know. Yeah. Uh, just, it's not yeah. the end. It, you don't freeze the you don't freeze the spending at the end of the month. You just like ten days into it or so. Okay, no more no. spending. I mean, we're yeah. we're we're dinks right now, so we don't have a lot of expenses. Wow. Double wow. income, no kids. I expect uh, <laughs> expect your giving to be high then. It, yeah, yeah. No, expect it. Oh, Actually, we uh, I do. Luke. We have uh, we had a flood in our basement, and so we had this extra rent money that we just were able to give it away because it's like what. So anybody who's interested in we have another Luke's, month in Luke's rent money, yeah, extra at northview.org. Let me know. All right, moving on, <laughs> Jeff. This past week, uh, you know, the past two weeks on the podcast, we have managed to talk quite.
quite extensively about politics, and then you go ahead and preach a sermon. I guess the Bible dictated what was next in Romans. We're talking politics again. Mm. Um, we have a few questions I want to get to, but Jeff, can you just, in a, uh, this might be asking too much, but can you please briefly just Easy. give us a simple overview of what Easy. you preached on this past weekend in Romans? <clears throat> Romans 13, 1-7, God appointed the governments because he appointed the governments. Uh, then to rebel against those governments, to rebel against God. When we rebel against the government, uh, the government itself serves as his agent of wrath, bringing, bringing uh, judgment on the wrongdoer. And Paul's application for that whole thing is that uh, we actually should be happily involved in paying our taxes and giving honor to the government and those sorts of things. There were several caveats in the middle of it. Like, hey, do you always, you know, what if the government's wicked and evil, and what if they're calling you to do some wicked, evil things? There's lots of examples in the Scripture of, of, uh, of people choosing to serve God and not men, and men meaning the, the, the people in governing authorities when they do something wicked. So when Hitler is telling you, hey, hand over the Jews, the expectation of Scripture, God himself would be, no. Nah. Or when you know something civil rights, or if there's a if there's a an injustice in society, it you're not obliged to keep that that law. You do need to realize though that if you choose not to keep that law, the government will punish you and that sort of thing. But anyway, so my big point in the end, I think this striking point in the end for some people was I think I was really trying to push at the end that look some of the, some of the ways that we act toward the government when we when the person who we don't want to vote for gets into office. Uh, the way we act toward it is like, you know, not in the States, not my president, or, you know, here, I think that person's a jerk or an idiot, or I, they're dumb and, idiot, you know, they don't have a brain in their heads. And I hear that a lot. Uh, and I've, I've said it before, you know, because they make me angry by some of their decisions. But that doesn't really pay honor where it's due and respect where it's due. So that was really my push at the end. Yeah, and you mentioned in your sermon that uh, politics is one of the subjects that any preacher, when they preach on it, will undoubtedly receive lots of emails and right, feedback Right, yeah, because people are—their they, like their hearts are tied oftentimes, especially in the modern world, mm -hmm. to the political goals. They're like, we can solve all the world's problems if we can just get the right political party in office, and my guys or my girl, she's the one who needs to be in office— mm -hmm. And if the other person wins, then, you know, it's a great injustice that's been done. Yeah, which leads to another plug for, for us here. We do welcome your feedback. If you have questions about the sermon, please send them to extra at northview.org. We'll do our best to answer them. Um, we've had several uh, come in this past week, but a few themes came out. So if we don't get to your question, I'm sorry, but hopefully we've touched on some of it. One of the questions that came up a few times uh, you speak about when the government asks us to do something that runs uh, counter to God's law. What about, though, when the government is doing something that we believe goes against God's law, and we are, in a roundabout way, funding that yeah, through our challenged. taxes, mm -hmm. and specifically around... Abortion, which came up a few times in our listeners' uh, yeah. questions. What do we do? Do we withhold Jeez. some of our taxes? No kidding. So can you address that? The answer way? is sure. Of course you can. You can withhold some of your taxes. You just need to know just any kind of act of civil disobedience is going to probably... Uh, is probably going to bring the, the hand of the, gov of the government down on you. You need to understand that. Um, 
I also don't think that it's the only way of dealing with that issue. You can pay your taxes and whatever. I this is these these are the issues that I would think should we what should we do? You know, honor God or honor men? I think sure you should honor you can honor God, but I don't uh, you honor God when it comes to the money that you're that you're giving. I will say this though. Uh, if you go down that track, uh, especially with even the Roman government, so so the Apostle Paul, when he's talking about, you know, paying taxes, you know, to basically the Romans at that time, dude, there's a lot of stuff the Romans were doing that they wouldn't have supported. They were killing people all over the place and spending money on things that you would have hated, right? I mean, there were laws in, in Rome at the time that supported infanticide <laughs> and stuff like you could expose your born children. So he's not naive. It's not like Paul, when he says, pay your taxes, he's not naive about that, right? Uh, so as a general rule, I would say, of course, you pay your taxes and you try to be a good citizen. Um, but, you know, you're right. I mean, abortion is a horrible evil, but every government it somehow falls short of the, of, the, uh, of the perfect ideal. And if Paul's to be taken seriously at all in that passage, you need to recognize the governments he was living under were just as just lack the ideal as much as ours did so either that passage has no meaning at all for anybody at any time or he's talking about governments that are at many points unrighteous well wasn't jesus asked that question too yeah pay to caesar what is caesar's and god what is god's so i wonder if the people posing that question sort of it was almost implicit similar to this discussion we're having of if you say Yep. pay your taxes, then you must you're saying be saying support you're supporting the, this. Support the Roman inhabita- habitation of, of, the, of our land. Yeah. Yeah, and they were trying to trap him. And, and he and, had an opportunity to then go ahead and say... Yeah, fight back against them. And Yeah, but he yeah. chose not to say that. No. So, I mean, it, so seems, what was it his... seems like the, the approach that's taken frequently in the scriptures is, is subversion, if that makes sense. Subversion meaning instead of outward, uh, instead of outward aggression against the government, uh, there's a kind of subversive, subversive approach that can be taken. So uh, you would change issues like abortion by you know more people coming to faith in Christ and being discipled, and uh, ultimately you know righteous laws being passed because the the society as a whole changes. Uh, that certainly was the case of the Roman Empire. You know as it became more Christian, became uh, in many cases more uh, honorable. To live there, and they en- ended up holding up the rights of the individual quite a bit more. In fact, in the Western world, this has really been the thing, right, that we've inherited and pushed forward in, in liberal governments. So when I say liberal, I don't mean like versus conservative. I mean like governments of the modern world. We've we've actually started to, you know, treat people as as made in the image of God a lot more than we, they have in the past, and that's because the Christian worldview has kind of pervaded a lot of it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, there are different ways that you can approach, you know, changing the government. It just seems like the scriptures are a little, bit, a lot more subversive about it than they are like confrontational. Like there are places in Paul too where he'll say stuff like, "You don't, you know, we we want to live peaceful and quiet lives." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just pray, pray for the kings and everybody in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives. In other words, just so we can keep our heads down and keep after this. So, I, I gotta be honest, I don't really see a whole lot of uh, a whole, whole lot of command in Scripture to change the world by by government overthrow. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
Um, instead, it seems to be be good citizens, do the work of the gospel, see the kingdom of God grow in front of you, and eventually uh, it, it, it will have an effect on the communities in which you live. So, yeah, that was a another sort of sentiment that was shared a little bit is, and we've seen it every election, and I just wonder, you know, should we as Christians, should it be our aim to be electing and promoting and trying everything we can to work to get Christians into our government, to, to, to fight for our values in the Christian we, Well, body. we should vote for people who uh, uphold righteousness, of course. But you know what? There's no—this is one of the challenges in the church. I'm an American, so as a result, there's one of the real challenges in the church south of the border is that people want to bind each other's conscience regarding who they vote for. Mm. So, look, you're, if you're a Christian, how could you possibly vote for the Democrat? Oh, or in other churches, if you're a Christian, you're a black church. If you're a Christian, you can, how can you possibly vote for the Republican? So I, I just vote for, vote for who you like. You know, we've talked about this before. Some issues are bigger than others. I personally I find it very difficult to vote for somebody who supports abortion on any level. What if the only choices you have are people support abortion? Right? Uh, so then you're going to have to do some subversive work. You have to vote holding your nose, which is, I think, what most of us do as Christians. We vote holding our nose. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time here. And honestly, uh, I would love more questions. The, those two questions I asked sort of summarize the ones we got. Um, there were a few outliers that weren't quite on topic, but keep sending them. Keep giving us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, that's all the time we have for uh, for today. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Th- Adam. Thanks, Luke, for showing up. No, you're welcome, Jeff. We'll go away and do some public enemy listening here now. Is that required? Yeah. If I want to keep my job, got it. 